If you have enjoyed Baker Street 2033, why not consider supporting the second series? Go to ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. That's ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. Your support would be most welcome. Glass Cryptographer by Neil Fitzgerald Episode 3 Inspector Chatterjee I should not have believed it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. But here you are, in your fancy dress costume from I don't know when, claiming to be Sherlock Holmes. I was about to log off for the day, but I just had to see this. This is how the first human I had encountered greeted me. A swarthy-skinned Lascar, no less, and a woman to boot, in the sorry garb which must pass for a suit these days. How the East Indian lady had risen to such a station was beyond me, unless the Empire had suffered some definitive mutiny, but this was hardly conceivable. By this point, I had been processed, their uncouth phrase, by an automaton at the front desk upon arrival at Scotland Yard, which had become another crystal palace and now overlooked the Thames. Ah, the blessed glistening Thames, still winding through the heart of London. This processing involved them taking DNA from a cheek swab, another cryptogram to add to the growing pile, followed by what I deduced to be the photographic enregistering of my fingerprint. The latter was some preemptive approach to future crime detection that possessed sinister overtones. I was then taken to an interview room and told to wait. Here I sat at a table topped with polished black glass as one of the G4S bobbies stood on guard by the door lest I try to escape. Whereupon, the aforementioned Lascar entered after an interval of some minutes. She took a seat in front of me and introduced herself as Inspector Chatterjee. So, you have heard of a Mr Sherlock Holmes? She smiled wryly. One cannot escape the name in the force today. Holmes is an integral part of modern policing. (laughs) I slapped my thigh in disbelief. Then my methods of observation, the application of logic and analytical deduction have finally been taken up by the constabulary. This is splendid news. It would also suggest that my colleague, Dr. Watson's Chronicles, served a wider purpose than merely titillating idle minds after all. In a sense, all our robots come fitted with the hyper-observational lens magnification and extrapolation system as standard, and our remaining human constabulary access this through GG and HL. GG and HL? Google Glass and HoloLens? She must have sensed the quizzical look on my face, for she elaborated... Specs, you know. And she proceeded to demonstrate her meaning with two circles comprised of forefinger and thumb encircling her eyes. I finally gleaned her meaning, that is, to what item she was referring. Much of what she spoke of was like some remote Mandarin dialect to me. Inspector Chatterjee, I am not accustomed to be treated in this way. I'm usually on the other side of the fence in terms of assisting with police inquiries. The procedure is all above board, I assure you. You do not appear to be listed on any of our databases, which is highly unusual. 
You give your address as. And here she did something quite extraordinary, Watson, manipulating the tabletop with her fingertips to produce the same illuminated documents I had seen on the front of the sarcophagus. 221 B Baker Street. Yes, those are my quarters. The landlady is Mrs Hudson. My friend Dr Watson can provide you with a character reference. But where the devil is Lestrade? Or Gregson? Anyone with even a modicum of sense. What were you doing at Annie Mayer imprint out of office hours? As I have already told your officers, I awoke there imprisoned in an Iron Maiden, a torture device of the utmost barbarism. This led me to infer I had been abducted for the extraction of intelligence which my abductors believed me to be in possession of. By whom and for what ends, I must confess that I do not yet know. Okay, let's return to the question of your identity. What is your real name? I tell you, I am Sherlock Holmes. Do not my very clothes speak for it? The costume is widely available on eBay. I took this to be a new tailor, Watson. My speech patterns then, which are so very different from your own. An act available to anyone who has read the stories or seen the films and TV shows. A very good act, though. Oscar-worthy even. TV shows? Nice try, Mr. Holmes, but it won't wash with me. Now you have given your date of birth as 1854. Yes. Surely you can understand why this is totally ridiculous. Not at all, Chatterjee. Why ever should you doubt me? You know what year we're in, right? 1927? Even the automated constable chortled over this. It is 2033. As you know, Watson, I am not fanciful, but on hearing this, my nerve trembled at the sheer impossibility of it all. Perhaps you are a fossil, Mr. Holmes, that's mysteriously come back to life, or a clockwork toy that someone wound up and set going again. At least that would explain this. She placed a long, slender clay pipe on the table. Pipe smoking in this day and age, really? May I smoke? I asked, reaching for it instinctively. No one smokes anymore, neither outside nor in. She said, pulling it out of reach. How the devil am I to think? I cried. Surely the great Sherlock Holmes will think of something. Retorted Chatterjee. It was most intolerable, my dear Watson. After a while, she continued. Do you know what I think you are? Mr. Holmes, a lunatic and an addict. We found this among your possessions. And she placed my Morocco case open on the table. Found? You make it sound as if I was trying to conceal it, Inspector. I had it about my person and readily volunteered it along with everything else when asked to do so. I have heard of these syringe things. Old school. My bet is that that little bottle contains drugs and I'm not talking insulin here. Your wager would be a most sensible one. It is a 7% solution of cocaine. Gotcha. Cocaine has been a Class A drug since 1971, so we have you for this, if nothing else. What do you say to that? Why, we are entirely of a like mind on this, Chatterjee. To my mind, cocaine has always been the best of the various artificial stimulants. Class A, as you say. Watson has always protested against my use of it. Of course, but one must do something to stop the brain deteriorating under the commonplaces of existence. I later found out that the inspector and I were entirely at cross-purposes on the merits of cocaine. But I digress. In any case, if the legal status of cocaine has indeed changed, you will need to prove that I have used this needle and substance. I merely have them in my possession, and that is not proof of usage, nor even proof of ownership. 
A stalemate seemed the likeliest outcome from all this sparring, a resolution utterly intolerable to myself, so I sought a means to satisfy Chatterjee of my credentials. As you may imagine, Watson, my singular powers of observation were quite useless against the mechanised creatures, who were also alike. But against the Lascar, well, here at least I could put them to some use. There is one way I may prove I am Inspector Chatterjee. I am all ears, Mr. Holmes. I see that you were recently married, Inspector, with a much younger Irish husband. You have a pet cat and went to Greece on your honeymoon where you had an incident while swimming involving some kind of stinging creature, a jellyfish or sea slug, for which you are still receiving treatment. You have previously lived and worked in New Zealand and studied classics at school, though not to an advanced level. But all this is quite obvious to the seasoned observer. I added, a needless flourish, Watson, but one which I felt was merited under these most trying circumstances. Chatterjee's face seemed to lose a little of its glib certainty in the world as she knew it to be, but perhaps it was a trick of the light. She recovered herself admirably, though, and smiling, no doubt out of embarrassment, inquired how this marvellous feat of deduction was achieved. Why, Chatterjee, I simply employed the original version of the hyper-observational lens magnification and extrapolation system, I replied. Your wedding band is clearly new, given the fact that your finger does not bear the groove of a longer presence. The hairs on your suit jacket necessarily indicate a pet of some kind. As for your husband, the Celtic design on the ring itself gave that away. Given your own origins in the subcontinent, it was hardly likely to be your choice for a wedding band. That he is younger is clear from your manner of dyeing your hair to appear more youthful. Greece was evidenced by the evil eye worn around your neck. The leather string is clearly unaged. But the repeated scratching of the left calf and smell of chamomile lotion made the inference of a sting while swimming an obvious one. I have made a study of the art of tattooing, even contributing to the literature with a monograph. Perhaps you have read it. The one peeking out of your right collar suggests a Maori design, a people indigenous to New Zealand, while the poorly conjugated Senecan maxim on your left wrist suggests a rudimentary study of Latin at school. I brushed my hand over the matter, showing the ease with which it was done. Very good, Mr. Holmes. Very good. I just need to correct you on a few minor details. Firstly, my husband is English. As am I. I am the seventh generation of immigrant parents. He, too, has Indian roots. We were married two years ago and I have just had the ring resized. Hence the lack of a mark. The ring itself was chosen by both of us because we found the pattern pretty. For our honeymoon, we went to Italy. The evil eye was a gift from a friend. I've never been to New Zealand or studied Latin at school. I chose both tattoos and the tattoo parlor from a catalogue. The grammar error you claim is mine is therefore the tattooists. My husband is a year older than me. Though it's true that I dye my hair. Like cocaine, vanity is a hard habit to kick. Oh, and that smell isn't chamomile but a more fatty by Guerlain. Perfume, Mr. Holmes. Finally, the scratching is thanks to our neighbor's flea bag of a cat, a frequent uninvited guest. Watson, my entire world of observation and analytical reasoning thereof lay in ruins before me. I felt shattered and bowed my head in complete and utter dejection. My humiliation was total. 
Even if you were the real Sherlock Holmes, you can see why those methods no longer apply. Times have changed. It's a fully globalized world. We do things differently now, yeah? She looked at her watch, stood up and said, Well, I've got a new Irish husband to get back to. I'll let the constables finish up here. Until we can get hold of someone to vouch for you, or find your records, you'll be staying as a guest at our little hotel here. Free bed and board and all expenses paid. Good night. Good day, I replied. And I was then left to stew in my misery. Sherlock Holmes will return in Episode 4 The Cavalry Arrives If you have enjoyed this podcast, you might like to try others by the same writer and producer, such as Dear Old Blood, Notes on a Wittgenstein Noir, and Modern Gothic. The writer now has a cracking idea for a second series of Baker Street 2033. So, you could also consider supporting the writer at buymeacoffee.com slash Neil Fitzgerald. <laughs>